1: It's the Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ollie Dean. I really am rugged the you. It's early
2: Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at seven. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like peaches, and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord.
0: Big match coming up. i going to beat me in the caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try hitting a little left, and why don't you try
1: backing oh. up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me
2: from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a mad ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing
1: of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm clearing too my head I'm it I'm, like I'm, I'm clearing too I'm, clearing I'm clearing My God, my swing feel I'm full of lunch here <laughs> Step right
0: up, boy. See if you can outdrive the amazing Skull Ball uh, walker guy Help me keep my head down It looks like I'm a wreck It's in the hole Save me from the double bogey blue. Gunga, galunga
1: Gunga, Gunga. Yo! Happy Sunday morning to you. It is the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And this morning is Christmas morning for those in the golf world. Whether you are a fan, whether you're in the business, it doesn't matter. Ali Dean, today is Master Sunday. It's a Sunday unlike any other.
0: It really is. It really is.
1: Yep. Uh, the sun is shining. The temperature will be warm. The golf course will be firm, fast and fiery. We got a good looking leaderboard. We have got everything we could possibly want for a Sunday shootout, but we're not going to start there because it's been a long, uh, windswept, uh, rainy week. There's been a lot of stuff going on, uh, Ollie, what has your Masters experience been like so far?
0: Well, it's been exciting. Um, Yeah, we're going to get into the leaderboard. I think it's a fascinating leaderboard. I think it's a fascinating story with our leader. But the story for me has been the wind. And uh, for those of you who do not know that are listening, Brian is perched on the observation deck above 15 and 16. How windy has it been up there for you this week?
1: It is now. That was now officially the second coldest that I've ever been on a golf course. We are live in Augusta this Sunday morning. Ollie and Derek back in our studios at the Battery, which is hopping with the start of baseball season. It's the first time that uh, the Masters Masters Week has had opening day, or maybe maybe Masters Thursday and opening day coincided since the 50s. I believe I read that somewhere. So lots of excitement in the air. But to, to answer your question, the coldest I've ever been was during the Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles. I don't even know how they... Why they were playing? I mean, it was just an exhibition. It was just stupid. <laughs> it was so cold, and I had every every drop of clothing that I had brought with me on the trip. I was wearing as I was trying to walk around those those Scottish hills, and I was just utterly freezing. Uh, yesterday matches that, and and actually, I've got to think about it right now. I feel like it surpasses that because my my hands are still cold, <laughs> uh, and and honestly, I was. Maybe colder at 2. We added a new position at number 2 down there by the green, and it's just wind swept down there because there are no trees around to block it. So between getting a cart ride out there, and this was the carts with the roof off, so you're just getting blown on on the way out there when it was really cold in the morning, then standing out there in more of the windswept area, until the last group came through, too, then going up to the perch. Eventually, at 15 and 16, probably around, I don't know, 5 o'clock, it finally calmed down a little bit, and the sun actually came out. So I actually have worse memories of standing down there on 2 yesterday than I do at 15 and 16. I believe I was numb by the time I got to 15 and 16. But that that probably matches the coldest I've ever been on a golf course. That's how that's how yesterday went.
0: Yeah, number two. I mean, for those that haven't been there, the change of elevation from the tee, climbing that hill, and there's not a lot of cover. It too. I, I imagine you felt every bit of that wind yesterday at two.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's the joke that that we make with the guys at Dogwood, and you hear uh, you hear the guys here talk about it also. The swirling winds. Well, the wind is blown out of the north or northwest. All week, every day. It has not changed by more than four degrees all week long from, from which it's blowing. So the wind has not swirled. It has not switched. Not all week long. Not one of the days. We've had the same wind for three consecutive days. That's above the trees. <laughs> now, down below the trees, it gets to be a little bit of a different story. and you got to decide how much of your ball flight is above the trees versus how much of your ball flight is below the trees. Uh, I just know that where we were standing, uh, Susie Whaley was standing with me at number two, and there were no trees. So it was just whipping right down that hill, Ollie, just like their second shots. The wind was coming right down that fairway, right down the hill, and right through our bones. Hmm. That's what was going on.
0: <laughs> so on the network broadcast, they actually mentioned when the sun came out yesterday that the crowd cheered for the sun.
1: Yes, I could believe that. Uh, <laughs> Our our host, Mike Tarico mentioned at one point yesterday afternoon that it was the same temperature in Augusta, Georgia, as it was in Augusta, Maine. Look, we all live here. We all know what we're dealing with here. We don't want to be compared to Augusta, Maine. I'm sure there's some really nice people and things from Augusta, Maine. I've never been there. I'm sure it's awesome. I don't ever want to be compared temperature-wise to Augusta, Maine,
0: ever. No, maybe, maybe the spring or the fall. But not as far as cold weather goes. No, I didn't dig that at all. Now, talking about the weather, talking about the wind, talking about the conditions yesterday, how impressed was Cameron Smith's 68? Uh, Very, very impressive. Uh, Cameron Smith, if you missed it
1: earlier in the week, uh, shot 68 to start. Yeah, with bookending
0: double bogeys on 1 and 18.
1: Yes, double bogeys. On the first hole and the last hole, and all he did in between was make eight birdies to shoot four under par. Uh, This is the guy that, back in the fall Masters in 2020, became the first player in Masters history to ever shoot all four rounds in the 60s. And didn't win. Yeah, The problem is he didn't win. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking, I don't remember him winning. You're right. He didn't. He
0: didn't. (laughs) But he has a nice record.
1: (laughs) Yes. So... If you were, and the funny thing about Augusta National is, uh, these there are guys that have a comfort level here, and and he is now on that list. He joins Charlie Hoffman, who wasn't in the field but has led this tournament two or three times after the first round. Uh, Justin Rose seemed to always have a comfort level when he was playing great here. Bernhard Langer clearly, uh, Fred Couples clearly had comfort levels here. You just always had to have them on your list. Put Cam Smith on that list because he's a guy that has a great feel around for for this place and that's going to be a big deal i love scotty scheffler he's nine under he leads by three he's the number one player in the world but i love cam smith and the answer to your question is the putter he putts better than just about anybody else in this field and we've said it for years it's one of the cliches one of the stale takes about augusta is that you have to be a good putter to win here well Cam Smith is, I guess he's the best putter in the field, and I think that's why he's solo second right now.
0: Yeah, to give a little color to I think your astute observation about how comfortable he is around there, Um, previous Masters made the cut in all five, two top tens, runner-up finish. Um, And I loved the interview that he did where they talked about his attitude of how he plays Augusta, and I think it's perfect for his game. It may not be perfect for everybody, but he says, look, I'm not going to worry about making double bogey on one and 18. I think there are birdies out there. I'm going to go try and find them. And that's a guy that if you're looking back and you've got a three shot lead, a guy who's willing to go out and look for birdies, that's a scary guy.
1: Yeah. Well, that's uh, the question. coming up here in about 10 minutes in their second break, uh, I didn't tell you this because I didn't know this. He came down to have coffee uh, one of my housemates here at Augusta National, Jason Sobel from the Action Network, uh, is going to join us. And the reason why, he's just going to sit in and keep it with us. One of the reasons why is that the conversation you just made, the comment you just made, we were having that conversation about some guys a little farther down the leaderboard, a guy specifically like Justin Thomas. Here's what the leaderboard looks like Scotty Scheffler is nine under, Cam Smith is minus six, Sung J. M. had a great finish yesterday to get to minus four. And you get two two unders, Shane Lowry and Charles Schwartzel, and two one unders, Justin Thomas and Corey Connors. That's it. We got seven players under par. Uh, is a, who who is the biggest gunslinger in that group? And you got to look at a guy like Justin Thomas. And and interestingly enough, I think that could be. If if I wouldn't think that Cam Smith needs that attitude. I don't think he needs to shoot at every flag. Uh, I think you're going to be walking with and staring at Scotty Scheffler. I think Scotty Scheffler can dictate what you do. But he you want to go shoot at every flag, that'll be an entertaining Sunday. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be an entertaining Sunday. And I love the Justin Thomas take. Um, started out this tournament as badly as I've seen him play in a couple of years. Uh, by his own admission, he just didn't do anything right on Thursday. Shot four over. Then came back with a 67 on Friday to get back in the mix.
1: Yeah. Uh, Side note, fantasy golf here amongst our team, Uh, the guy that ran the pool, instead of doing a snake draft, allowed everybody to just put their own team of five together. So you got a lot of similarities. Uh, Basically, this pool for me and Carl Paulson, who's also in this house, we're first and second. It comes down to Lowry versus Thomas. He has Lowry. I have Thomas. The rest of our team is the same. So it doesn't matter what else happens. (laughs) We both have Scheffler and Smith, but he has Lowry and I have Thomas. So This whole pool is coming down to that. I know everybody was waiting this Sunday morning to find out about my fantasy team, but you know what? I play fantasy golf one time a year, and this is it.
0: So too bad. You heard it. (laughs) You had to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played in a long time until this one. I will say I picked Scotty Scheffler. I will not talk about any of my other picks in the snake draft. Oh,
1: okay. Gotcha. Well, Scheffler's a great pick, and we haven't talked a lot about him. Uh, Here's what the golf world needs to know about Scotty Scheffler, 25 years old but has won three out of his last five starts, I think. That is correct. Three out of yeah. his last five. He's, it's his first win. First career PGA Tour win. i back up even a step before this. Scotty Scheffler was the only player on either Ryder Cup team that did not have a professional win. And he was the only player on the American Ryder Cup team that didn't have a PGA Tour win, and yet Steve Stricker picked him. Put him on that Ryder Cup team. And what did the Ryder Cup team do, Ollie? Uh, They won. And how big did they win?
0: It was a record performance.
1: Yes. He was a part of a team that just walked away with it. They won bigger than any team has ever won the Ryder Cup since Europe's been added. So, still no wins. He got his first win in Phoenix. That's Super Bowl Sunday. February 13th. That's when he got his first win. He's since won twice after that, two more times, including a world golf championship and a win at, at Arnold Palmer's place at, at Arnold Palmer Invitational.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a couple of takeaways from that. Number one, people forget, I think, who he beat in the playoff at Phoenix, who was probably the hottest golfer on the planet at the time. And that was Patrick Cantler. Yeah. So he stared down the hottest golfer, beat him in a playoff. Then went to API, and everybody remember how difficult those conditions were. Rory McElroy, who really never complains about course conditions, said it went over the line. Um, everybody was struggling, and all Scotty Scheffler did was beat one of the best fields in golf on one of the toughest courses set up in recent memory on the PGA Tour and got another victory. And then he goes to a World Golf Championship and walks away with the match play, beating Kevin Kisner in the final, who's one of the best you know, match play players on the PGA Tour, and I think he beat him four and five. Or five and four.
1: That's one of I those. Meant,
0: yeah. one. <laughs> BK, BK, we were, uh, Ollie and I were talking about
2: his, obviously, just meteoric rise last, uh, over the last just few months since winning that tournament. But maybe we shouldn't be surprised as we look back to 2021. He finished tied for 18th last year at the Masters. And then three top tens in the PGA, the U.S. Open, and the the British Open. Top, tied eight, tied seventh, and tied eight in 2021. So it's not like he doesn't have the experience in the majors.
0: Well, I don't know if you were listening earlier, but I picked him first in my state uh, press. Thanks, so, right. so I'm not surprised. <laughs> is that how that went? <laughs>
1: well, he is the number one player in the world. So. Yeah. Well, um, that's why I went back to the Ryder Cup, is because he did get put on that Ryder Cup team because of those successes you mentioned. I mean, everybody on the p g a tour had a good college career for the most part, everybody had you know won this won that was the star here was the star there he He blends into the landscape when you start looking back at at a resume from earlier in the career uh, but he hadn't won, and that's where you could get skeptical and you can get doubtful about it. you can say, all right well, he's just like every other can't miss kid that hasn't hit yet well, all of a sudden he's hit. And now that he has hit, what has happened? He has kept winning. And now three wins and five starts in, he's got a three-shot lead. He's 18 holes away from winning the Masters as the number one player in the world. That's a pretty big summer. It had not even been a summer. That's a pretty good transition from winter to spring
0: for Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, let me ask you this, and I think Derek brings up a great point with his major performances. This is not, you know, his first time being in contention on major, I think top 10, four of the last five, but has he been through the crucible and the crucible I speak of is winning your first major. It almost seems like you have to suffer to get that done. And you may not have to suffer as long as Phil Mickelson did to win his first, um, but they There always seems to be some suffering, even if it's, you know, one round in a tournament where you just stub your toe and you kind of give up the lead. Do you think we're going to see that crucible play out today?
1: Yes. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I do. And here's why. Uh, Number one has been at times the toughest hole in the golf course it's usually one two or three as far as as far as difficulty is concerned then you get a little bit of a breather but all of a sudden you, you don't feel like it's a breather very early in the round you get to go play two and three which are two scorable holes two is very scorable but but it feels like a par four so if somehow you make a five that feels like you've lost a shot even though it's a par Three is going to be right back into the wind. It's going to require a precision shot. I mean, it always requires a precise shot, but on Sunday that gets magnified. But theoretically, it's a birdie hole because you can knock it right up in front or you can lay back to your wedge distance. So you get the toughest hole on the course to start. Then you get two holes where pars feel like bogeys, and that messes with your mind, and that goes to that drama you were talking about. Then you got to go stand on the tee at four, which is impossible. Five, two, which is it, impossible. Yeah, two impossible holes. You don't get much of a breather at six. Seven is as tight as a shoelace. Uh, and, and then you come up for air at eight, where if you came through that last stretch tough, once again, par feels like a bogey. So that's the mental the gymnastics that they're going to go through in these first few holes. And that's where if Scotty Scheffler can stand on the ninth tee with a three-shot lead... That's a whole lot different than standing on the first tee with a three-shot lead. That's one of the reasons why they say the Masters doesn't start until the second nine on Sunday. All the scoring is on that second nine, but all the mental trials and tribulations are on the first nine. And it's going to be fascinating. It is going to
0: be fascinating. Now, do you think they'll move the tee boxes up on three? And in general, do you think the course and the tee setup are going to be promoting risk reward shots i mean i've never seen so many layups on 13 as we did this year and i know the conditions played a lot into that it's supposed to obviously be better conditions get up to 70 degrees today but do you think the the committee is going to set the course up to get some fireworks on that second nine no uh
1: as a matter of fact i don't so i haven't let me let me go over to twitter and see if somebody has tweeted the whole locations this is the dumbest tweet in all the uh, and that's saying a lot. That's it's the dumbest saying, tweet right, in right. golf Twitter. That's still saying a lot. That's probably still not right. <laughs> there have to be dumber tweets than that. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure it would take two minutes th- to find one. Yeah. Um but everybody tweets the whole locations. But we kinda we kinda know what they are. Uh Derek Thomas says uh says he has seen them. Oh, there, this could be it right here. Uh Sunday. There it is. So I'm going to look at number three. Yeah, it's middle left. So they didn't put it all the way over there on the on the left-hand finger. Um, so, so the point is you're asking about golf course setup. These these are traditional holes. Is that from Sunday? Wow, that's a different one. Uh, oh, no. Uh, yeah, so you see a lot of the same traditional holes. The question is how do these traditional holes set up to the weather conditions we're going to get? Well, it's going to be the calmest weather day we've had. And the firmest weather day we've had. So these traditional Sunday hole locations are going to actually be perfect for the conditions we're going to get. I hate when you get it blowing sideways or from a different direction or it's soaking wet and uh, and they got to change things. But we're going to get a traditional Master Sunday, which means you're going to have to buckle down on the front, but you're going to get some chances on the back. You're going to have eagle looks at 13 and 15. You're going to get that ball spinning down the hill at 16. Uh, you're going to have some chances to make up some ground. So they didn't have to do anything different, Ollie. They're just doing what they always do. And I think we're going to get the Sunday we're looking for.
0: Well, I cannot wait for it to start. Um, I think there are fascinating stories out there. And it'll be interesting how Scotty Scheffler should he face adversity, how he handles it. But if he gave us a preview of how he's going to handle it with 18, he's going to handle it really well. I mean, you're leading the Masters by four, I believe, at that point um by his own admission, you know, the the observers were kind of freaking out, made him think they couldn't find his golf ball. Finds the golf ball in a, you know, a place that there's obviously no way to advance it. Has a really tough 250-yard third shot and somehow gets it smokes it over the green. Over the green with an iron. It was an unbelievable shot. Ends up making bogey. Um, you know, Justin Thomas couldn't make an up and down from back there. Um Scotty Scheffler handled it with no problem. I mean, your heart has to be just in your throat during that hole if you're Scotty Scheffler, and he handled it like a seasoned pro.
1: Yeah, yeah. John McGinnis said that was uh, that was the biggest miss he had seen Scotty had. That was the closest one to, that seemed like a really bad bad contact that tee shot, and you can't do that again today. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll continue talking about the Masters. Jason Soblioni from the Action Network and from SiriusXM PGA Tour Radio. This week it's Masters Radio. He talked to Tiger earlier in the week. We haven't talked about Tiger yet. We'll let Jason give his takes on the Sunday hole locations and the dumbest tweet in golf. Actually, we'll probably skip that. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, Jason did not. Jason just said he's like, did I do it? No. <laughs> no, you didn't. It is Master Sunday, live from Augusta on the Golf Show on 680 the Fan and 937 FM. And now it's time for who's driving? <laughs> Brought to you by Ray Judici. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. I think I think Jason Sobel, who's about to join us from the Action Network and from Sirius XM Masters Radio, is really enjoying the sponsors on
2: this show. He finds Colin Hill, Collins Hill very useful, and Ray Judici could be very useful. There's a combination of the two. At some point, you'll maybe need. Uh, Thank you so much. I've come all the way to Augusta just to hopefully earn a guest spot on your show. And finally, after years and years of trying, you've allowed me to come on the show, so I appreciate it. All right. Well, this little segment here is called Who's Driving? It only lasts a couple of seconds. Uh, Let's go back to the opening tee
1: shots. Ollie Dean, the ceremonial first tee shots. Let's flash back to... Well, either last year or the year before, when Gary Player with Jack Nicklaus and Tom Watson hit the opening tee shots, uh, well, the Tom year Watson before was, was with Lee Elder. That's right, it was with Lee Elder, Lee Elder, and Gary Player's son Wayne. Wayne was t- Tell everybody what happened with good old Wayne and the ceremonial first tee shot.
0: Well, he utilized some guerrilla marketing tactics and kind of took away from Leo Elder's moment and uh, had a, a golf ball manufacturer that I couldn't even remember emblazoned on the back of his shirt, as I recall. He was actually holding the sleeve
1: of Encore golf balls up. Mm. Like posing with the picture, kind of smiling like they used to do with the pack of gum in the gum commercials. <laughs> and it was apparently embarrassing, and he was apparently reportedly asked to not return. Fast forward to this year, or in this case, we'll rewind to Thursday morning. Gary Player making headlines again because he had the Golf Saudi logo on his collar. So yes. these uh, these guys are treating this as a sales opportunity now mm. for the uh, the honorary first uh, tee shots at Augusta
0: National. Yes, certainly. I- All the players have logos on. Um, I think Gary's been an ambassador since 2021 for Golf Saudi. I'm not sure if there's much of a story there. But the bigger story to me was if you don't believe that the game of golf can bring people together and maybe an avenue for world peace, the fact that Tom Watson and Gary Player embraced after their tee shots. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Tom did point out that Gary had hit from in front of the T-markers. <laughs> that's that's who's driving. Brought to you by Ray Judice, who is also bringing you the interview of the month. Jason Sobel from Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. I'm so, the interview of the month. Yeah, you
2: are. Uh, the month has uh, a long way to go. We have a few weeks left. You might have a better one. I think this is the first show. Uh, I guess it's the second show of the month. <laughs> you you have <laughs> no, more shows it. to come. I, I wouldn't put all my eggs in this basket just yet. You're it. What have you, uh, what have you thought of the Masters so far? That's oh, been good.
0: That's why he's the interview of the month. Right there. I can't believe it's taken so long to get him on this show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Jason. Thanks
1: for coming.
2: Oh, what have I thought? That was such an open-ended question. It deserves oh, such a close answer. anywhere you want. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear the first segment. I didn't want to close the door on you. Oh, Scotty Scheffler has been tremendous so far. I love the fact that he looks like he's having fun on the golf course. I mean, for years, from Tiger Woods through to John Rahm, it- The fans out there, and I get it. Look, I've defended these players. They're trying to make a living They're doing their job. They're trying to make millions and play for history and pride and all these things. They don't have to look like they're having fun like us on a Sunday morning when we're playing golf. That said, a lot of fans out there say, you know, these guys are playing a game. I'd like to see them enjoying themselves on the golf course. Scotty Scheffler will hit a bad shot, hit a bad putt. Doesn't happen very often, but when he does, his go-to move afterwards is he laughs. I love it. It's as if, like, hey, all this stuff's so easy. You know, I'm just, uh, oh, my God, the ball didn't go in the hole? Okay. (laughs) not funny? wow, that's weird. (laughs) All right, well, I guess I'll just hit it in the hole the next time. (laughs) Um, So I love Scottie Scheffler's attitude. Uh, Cameron Smith is uh, just a maniac. He's uh, climbing up that leaderboard. He's got a very good chance to catch him from behind. I think the winner comes from that final pairing today. We've seen some great scenes. I do feel like a little bit, remember the old match play? Championship win, there would be a single elimination, so half the field would be gone on Wednesday, and essentially it was the inverted pyramid of golf tournaments. And that by the time you got to the end, it wasn't nearly as exciting as the beginning. I do feel like this week at Augusta National, at least so far, and hopefully it's reverses course. But I feel like this has been the inverted pyramid of Masters tournaments. We had Monday, you and I were both out walking with Tiger's practice round group watching the galleries at five o'clock on a Monday afternoon that seemed like it was a Sunday afternoon instead. And uh, I think that the week is like kind of a steady decline. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong. Doesn't mean that, uh, you know, there's, it hasn't been an entertaining masters, but man, there was so much hype. There was so much pomp and circumstance coming into this one. And now it's, you know, Saturday was quite frankly, it was, it was cold. It was dreary. It was not too exciting. There weren't a whole lot of roars. It was just playing tough. And it, it wasn't, the most thrilling Saturday at Augusta. Yesterday was,
1: Ollie, yesterday was a Jack London novel. I'm pretty sure somebody <laughs> ate somebody else out there. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it got it got to be tough <laughs> at, at times. All right, let's talk about Tiger. Ollie, Ollie and I have not talked about Tiger at all on this show. As you mentioned, you and I were on Tiger Watch on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I haven't even looked to see what his score is. He's backed up. He's out of contention. Uh, T-41. Go He's tied for 30, 41st. That's what you mean. Jason's uh, a writer. He,
2: you hate when I say that.
1: Well, like you're reading an abbreviation right there. That's an abbreviation. Doesn't everyone know what T-41 means? Yes, but they okay. shouldn't have to.
0: Isn't that a they tank from Germany?
2: It's a T. It's a tank from Germany. Uh, well, he might need that in order to mow down some of the competitors in front of him. Uh
1: that said, I can't. I can't think the Tiger thinks this week is a failure. He shot 78 yesterday, his highest score in the Masters history ever. He's never shot that ever. I think before that his worst was 76. I mean, never even come close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I have to
0: say too on that round yesterday, um, I was using the Masters app and, and watching him as one of the featured groups, so saw literally every shot that he hit. He didn't hit the ball to shoot that score. The putting is what killed him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. four putt. I think three, three putts. Yeah, it was it was tough to watch him struggle as much as he did on the greens.
2: All right, so let's very, just let's put but, him in for. By the way, BK, very yeah. telling when you four putt on Seve's birthday. What would have been Seve's birthday? It's, I miss, I miss, I miss, I make. And that's what it is. <laughs> that's how it happens. <laughs> so you sum that up. I didn't realize yesterday was Seve's birthday. I believe it was. Either yesterday or the day before, but it's always right around Masters ah. weekend. So to Ali's to point,
1: let's, let's chalk Tiger up. Let's go ahead and throw him in here. Let's finish the week on a, on an up note. Let's throw him in for 68 today. Okay? Wow. And he, So he's going to shoot three over for the week, mm-hmm. which we all agree is not going to win the golf tournament. Sure. Oh, three over is going to finish... 16th or something like that. I think you'd take that. Okay. I, so t- tell me, yeah, how, how do you
2: think Tiger would, des- would describe this week if that's how it finishes? Very interesting. Tiger at his press conference on Tuesday. He was asked, hey, do you think you'd win? He said, I do. This is why for years I've gone to golf tournaments. I go and play and compete to win. There's really no other reason to show up if you don't think you can win, if you're not trying to win. Two days after that, following his opening round, 71. That's he was right. asked by the great sports writer Ian O'Connor of the New York Post, Tiger. You know, you said you were here to win, but it's just teeing it up. It's just playing in this event. It's just getting onto the leaderboard. Is that would you consider that a victory? Tiger said, "Yes." Oh, and, and that's not something that we've ever heard from Tiger. I I sensed more pride from Tiger in being able to tee it up and shoot an under par score in the opening round of the Masters this week than I sensed in him from major championship victories in the past. When he was in his prime, he was like, oh, yeah, throw another PGA championship out there. Cool, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> What's for dinner? <laughs> to, to tee it up this week, you could sense that, like, he was proud of himself. He's like, man, you guys have no idea. Like, I, I mean, I almost lost my leg. If you saw pictures of what my leg looked like, which I won't show you, but I've shown some of the other players, you would go, oh, my God. That, that was a year ago, and now you're not only walking, you're competing and playing golf and playing in the Masters and shooting an under par score. He is uh, very proud of himself, as well he should be. I, I take nothing away from him. He looks like he's having a good time out there. He's certainly hurting. I will give him that. And, you know, he's uh, – I can't even imagine how much pain he's going through after each round. But the fact that he's out there and competing and doing this, I, I think it's awesome.
1: And I think the adrenaline was a big deal, Ollie. Uh, I think he was in it for that 71. And then 74 took a little wind out of his sails and 75 putts or whatever it was yesterday. Mm. There's no more adrenaline. So I think, I think this morning that foot hurts. Yeah.
0: I yeah, I'd so. agree with that. I'd also say the weather did not play to his advantage. Okay. Um, anyone that's been through kind of those types of accidents knows when cold weather rolls in, you're, it's, you're more sore. It's tough to get loose. Uh, was forced to play in a twosome um, due to a days and withdrawing. Had to sit around a lot. Um, I think it was on Friday. So I don't think the, the conditions really set up for him being able to maintain the physical abilities that you need to have to to score well. But I thought Nick Faldo had a great take, and I don't always agree with Nick Faldo's takes, but he just talked about how much it meant to Tiger to come back and play golf again and not let that accident be the end of his career, but give him the ability to choose how he wants to leave the game. And uh, and I think that speaks to you know the satisfaction that Jason you mentioned he had during that interview of yeah, I'm satisfied to have my name on the leaderboard because you know laying in that hospital bed had to wonder if you know that accident was going to end his career as opposed to him ending it on his terms.
1: All right. So looking ahead on those on that same note there mm-hmm. that Ollie just mentioned? What do we think his chances are at Southern Hills, where he once shot 62 and a half and won a major? Yeah,
0: so, we have plenty of time to get to that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I, will, I will say this much, BK. After the PNC championship, we saw him, and he, he told us, look, guys, it's two days in a cart. Some of the shots I didn't even hit because Charlie had a good drive out there. Like, let's not get carried away. And everyone's like, wow, Tiger looks great. He's coming back. And I said at the time, look, he's never going to look or feel or hit it worse than he did back in December. And so I think everything right now is part of that progression. And so a month from now, you would think he would feel better, be able to practice maybe just a little bit more and be able to do a little bit more going forward. I don't know if I love him for Southern Hills two months from now. A lot the of old side course, Hill lies. yeah. St. Andrews, flat golf course where he can walk around and doesn't have to deal with the undulations of an Augusta National. Maybe... We're skipping Brookline because uh, it's a composite Bias.
1: course. Wow. May not be a ton of drivers at Brookline. And we also forget what the schedule is these days because
2: everything's been booked around. Maybe that's why we skipped it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they're playing that one in December now. I'm not really sure when that's point. happening. Uh, well, Jason Sobel, thank you so much for your time. Scheffler by three over Smith. You already told us you think it
2: gets settled in that group. I uh, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Who you got? Really tough to come from three shots back to beat Scotty Scheffler. I think Smith beats him today, but Scotty Scheffler still winds up on top, wins by one or two. Okay, so head-to-head matchup, Mm. take Smith. Oh, there we go. Now you speak
1: my language. But if you're trying to pick a winner today, Scotty, you got to take the three-shot lead. Pay that man his
0: money. (laughs) Man, that that sounds like a take from someone from the Action Network.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jason, let me quick background story before we go to break. Jason Silva worked for ESPN. Then he worked for the Golf Channel. Mm-hmm. Then he worked for ESPN. These are good jobs in the golf business. I used to run into Jason Sobel from time to time. I really liked Jason Sobel. Still do. <laughs> Past tense. At one point, Jason Sobel tells me he is leaving ESPN to go to this place called the Action Network. And I said to my friend, Jason Sobel, on air, by the way, on air. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a little concerned. Do you really think this is the right career move? And you said, do we remember what you said? I don't remember what I said. What did I you say? said, well, I'm betting my career on it. That's true. I say that. I'd say that was a good pretty line. good move. It's a good lie, Ollie. And it was a good move.
0: Well, he's been and a great interview. F- he's yeah. the interview of the month.
2: Thank you. Well, yes. I, I didn't have much competition. Uh, I, I love the fact that, though, you questioned me on it at the time. Everyone else was like, hey, that's great. What a good move. Turn around and go, oh, my God. Oh, you're going where? What are you doing? Right. No, book man, we're yeah, friends. Like, I wanted like, to know. I remember we ended that interview where I came on with you and McGinnis, and the end of the interview was, well, hope to see you around someday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Windshields need cleaning, too. Maybe I'll see them
1: somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> uh great move. Great work. Smarter than I look. Not saying much. Hey, you can come on in. Uh the uh the crew is here as we get prepared to head on over to Augusta National. Uh Jason Sobel, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. That's Jason Sobel from the Action Network, also Sirius x m p j to Radio. He's the Ray Judicia interview of the month. When yes. we you get you know what you get for that? What? Nothing. Well, I wouldn't have done it if you told me that beforehand. (laughs) You get we'll give you Ray's cell phone if you get yourself in any trouble, just call him. He really does answer his cell phone.
2: Okay. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a, when you need it, you're gonna really like it. it. Might come in more handy than free golf in Atlanta. So. <laughs> there you go. We'll we'll pass that along. Uh, we come back, we'll chat more about the Masters. It's the golf show on the fan 680 and 937 FM. Welcome back to the golf show, your Sunday morning tea time with Brian Katrick and Ollie Dean. This is Atlanta's Golf Station, the Fan. And it's Master Sunday on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And we're live here at Augusta National. We're in Augusta. I'm about three miles from Augusta National. We've actually been doing a lot of talk shows from Augusta National this week. But not over there just yet. going to be heading over there in about 30 minutes, along with Derek Thomas and Ollie Dean. I'm Brian Cache. Wait,
2: Ollie and I get to go? Is
1: that what you said? <laughs> it's more the royal we. If you can get here, you can come on over. I don't know. Uh, you know, you're going to be on your own once you get to the gates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed
2: to go to the city of Augusta, though. Yeah, just
1: yeah, wide open for you. Come on. <laughs> uh, we're over here in Westlake where uh, it, it's just a it's a nice neighborhood not too far away. The State Am has been played at Westlake. I was I, to say, that's a pretty good golf course, too. Yeah, I feel like we may have even played the State Open at Westlake. We're not too far away from Champions Retreat. Uh, Champions Retreat is where they played the first two rounds of the Augusta National Women's Amateur.
0: Uh, pretty good stuff, I would say. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good golf in that area. Good golf in the Aiken area as well. Yeah. Uh, we
1: played the Palmetto Golf Club earlier in the week. And you have not played the Palmetto dry, uh,
0: Golf Club, Ollie? I have not. Kevin Kisner has not sent me the invite yet. I have not been able to get over there. <laughs> so he lives... He lives
1: just right. Well, it doesn't matter where he lives. He lives on the golf course. And, um, what's the number? Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, really, really good stuff. It's an Alistair McKenzie design, but it's across the Savannah River. Okay. It's across the state line, it's over there in Aiken, South Carolina. Well, here's what they, here's what I heard topographically, and, and I don't know this, but, uh, uh, this is the way it was described to me, and I can't I can't push the the wrong button on this. Uh, the sand dune that Pinehurst is built on, way up there in in Pinehurst, North Carolina, it's a couple hundred miles to the northeast. It's the same sand dune that works its way down that that Aiken, South Carolina, is set on. So you've got this Alistair McKenzie golf course that the middle of it looks like augusta national the bunkers look of it look like augusta national the greens do but the off the beaten path it looks like pinehurst because it's sandy and because of that it drains really well Hmm. so i don't know about that whole sand dune thing but i tell you that visually that's what it looks like interesting
0: alistair mckenzie tends to have like multiple act plays with his golf course like i've always described people that have never played cypress point it's like a three-act play. You start out in the forest, and then you go to the dunes, and then you, the crescendo is the ocean holes. So it sounds like there's a two-act play of pine barrens and, you know, woodscapes over in a palmetto. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Well, uh, let's talk about the leaderboard. Let's talk about who can make a run today. Obviously, all attention will be on the last group, but we talked about last week uh, with the women's major being played that it's not necessarily how many strokes back you are. It's how many people you have to pass. And if you're plus one going into today, you only have eight players to pass. Are you out of it?
1: No. No, because if it gets nervy, and it almost always gets nervy, doesn't it? Uh, If it gets nervy, then that's when, and, and they're together. You know, those two guys that are too clear of everybody else, Scheffler's three clear of Smith, but Smith is too clear of the field. they'd be doing it together. They're melting down back there together. It can absolutely, you know, you've been in groups like that, Ollie, where the vibe gets down and all of a sudden nobody hits a solid shot. Nothing's going in. And it only, that only has to last for an hour before the field can catch up. If you have a day of scoring. And I think honestly, even though these are the Sunday holes, they're not always the toughest. Some of them are, but some of them are in the most strategic and gettable spots. And, this just because of the, the hand the weather dealt. It's going to be warm and it's going to be the best scoring day, well, at least since Thursday. Thursday was warm and it was soft, but you are going to have another good scoring day like like Thursday. So there is a chance that somebody that can go out there and throw a sixty-five out. I mean the course record sixty-three. So let's not go crazy here. But you throw a sixty-five out, you go shoot uh, you go shoot seven under par. If Corey Connor shoots seven under par, he's minus eight. Minus eight can win this golf tournament. That's in front of everybody other than Scotty Scheffler. And all Scheffler has to do is shoot one over to be caught. So I think everybody under par has a chance if, if that final group starts to falter. And I just can't wait to see.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And, and you know the sometimes when you're in that last group and you've got such a gap in the field as you start to play match play sometimes too early. And then to your point, if someone shoots 65, you get suddenly shocked of, wait a minute, You know, I'm not just playing the guy with me. Somebody's now two strokes behind me or one stroke behind me. It can it can change the way that club goes back and and gets through impact for sure.
1: Yeah. And and Scotty Scheffler was on the range until late last night.
0: Yeah, I heard there was a take from I don't remember who the take was. It was on golf channel that he was taking a task for doing that, you know, focusing too much on that bad shot on eighteen. What was your take on him being out there grinding it out?
1: Uh, the pro knows. The hitter knows. So I'm going to go with, with Scotty on this. He's the number one player in the world. Is that is that what it was, Derek? <laughs> uh, you know, if that was, I, I, I go back, you, play, you put the Tiger filter on it. If that was Tiger hitting balls until dark on Saturday night with a three-shot lead, we'd be talking about how heroic and, and you know, that's a blueprint and the work ethic and none of these other guys have it. So I think the criticism is much easier to lay on a guy that hasn't won a major championship. Uh, I think that's very unfair. But my favorite take on that was from J.J. Colleen, who played this game. He's got a very entertaining Twitter account. Uh, but the thing he liked about it was that last night was one of the nerviest nights that Scotty Scheffler's probably ever had in his career, sitting on a three-shot lead. Plus, you had a sloppy trip down the last hole. If, if by hitting balls until dark, that means you then eat a late dinner, which means you then go to bed late, which means then you're sleeping in, you're, you're kind of more tired, that helps. Because it was going to be a pretty sleepless night anyway. You know, last night would have been the night for, for Scheffler to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning. Because he's not playing till 3 today. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're going to be down on sleep. He's not going to show up looking like a zombie. Last night was going to be the tough night for him. So if you wore yourself out physically, and you could wear yourself out mentally, and that helps you get some rest. Plus, maybe you got a little work in.
0: I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I love that take. You know, I mean, your phone's going to be lighting up. Well wishers, you know, lost cousins that need a loan. Everybody's calling you at this point. So put the phone away. Go to the range. Go to your safe place. Hit some balls. And uh, to your point, work yourself into a good night's sleep is is uh, not a bad plan. Yeah. Here's a golfer we have not talked about, and I think okay. he had the low second nine score yesterday i believe he was four under on the second nine Sung jm um, yeah he was on top of the leaderboard fell off and then rallied yesterday four birdies on the second nine um i think he birdied eight as well so five birdies to finish the day is this a name that we should be talking about this morning
1: yes and he lives up at sugarloaf so why not sung jm Uh,
0: bk i heard on the broadcast
2: he's the only guy in the world that plays more golf than you do
1: he, you did hear that. Um, I forget who said that, but you did absolutely hear that. And uh, we can't confirm that. But he he just got <laughs> a home. He just got a home in Atlanta because I think it's because of the airport. Because he plays every week. He doesn't actually need a home. <laughs> he just needs somewhere for his mail to go, I guess. Uh, if you order something off of eBay, it has to show up somewhere. But uh, Sungjae's definitely in it. Before we get done with this, we have to congratulate two... National champions from our state. Kylie Chung from up in Swanee won the drive, chip, and putt in the girls, 11- and 10-year-old age group, Ollie. And boom goes the dynamite. And Hudson Knapp from Pine Tree won the national championship in the boys, 7- and 9 division in the drive, chip, and putt. This time last week, they were on the golf course. This time this week... They
0: are national champions. How about that for those two young people? That is pretty awesome. Did you see the picture that was floating around of the little girl that won it? I don't remember what age bracket she won that was sleeping with the trophy. Yes, I did. What a great picture. If you didn't just, if your heart didn't melt with that, then you're truly the Grinch before your heart grows.
1: Yes, she was, uh, I believe she was an adopted child. She'd been in foster care and uh, clearly she has found a home and she has found a game, so can't wait to hear more from her. But congratulations to, to Kylie and Hudson, two more great young players in the state
0: that I can't beat. Yeah. yeah, that list keeps growing every day for all of us, doesn't it? You shut up. Let me ask you this. I'm not going to let you leave without telling me what the energy was like when Tiger walked onto that golf course on Thursday.
1: Uh, oh, my goodness. Well, J- Jason mentioned it. The energy was there when he walked onto the golf course on Monday. It felt like he was winning the guy. I was here in 2019. It felt like 2019. I'm like, this is a Monday practice round. People are counting shots and cheering for, I mean, he, he kind of hit the flagstick with his birdie putt at number one. He left the flagstick in. He just hit the putt just for the heck of it. It hit the stick and stayed out. It hit the stick and stayed out, Jim Camus. But uh, people were cheering, and, and there was a big groan when it didn't actually go down so it's been pretty intense it's been great to see him back and I like the point that Jason made bones heal, ligaments heal his injuries are healing the next time we see him play whenever that is he'll be physically better than he is now unless something else happens but that that right leg you know this, Ollie injuries get better every single day
0: and so he'll be better the next time we see him yeah it had to be fun for you to call his birdie on 16 on Thursday oh. what a roar you know it
1: was. Uh, that's. Uh, I'm probably not going to pin that to my Twitter account, but it was awesome. And, uh, and he saw it go in. He knew it. He kind of walked it in, gave the fist pump. There's energy with him, but there's always energy at the uh, final round of the Masters. Scotty Scheffler by three shots. They go at 2.40 p.m. Eastern time, that final group. So you got a chance to go to church, go play 18 holes, and still get home to see it. I hope you do it. Listen to it if you like. Curtis Strange, Mike Tarico, anchoring the radio broadcast. Derek, Ollie, thanks. Enjoy your Sunday on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM.
2: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy. Celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.